Welcome to Best Friends Club Podcast. I'm Renee. And I'm Ashley. Welcome back, everybody. Glad you're here. We're here for episode three, which is the one with the thumb. The one with the thumb. The thumb. <laughs> um, the kind of main plot line in this episode is Monica's new boyfriend, Alan, who she was just complaining that nobody ever liked her boyfriends, but then everyone likes her boyfriends and her boyfriend. She only has one. His name's Alan. <laughs> and then she's annoyed that everybody likes him. Or do you think it's that everybody likes him or that he's just getting on her nerves? I think it's that everybody likes him more than she likes him. And so it's like, okay, guys, don't go overboard. Like, Yeah, because they all are like kind of obsessed with him. Yeah, it's pretty funny. His innate yeah. Alan-ness. First base Alan, second base Alan, third base Alan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. And I was like, what sport are they playing? And I realized then they said they were playing softball. But it kind of made me think it was funny that when they like played football and stuff, Rachel's like, I never get picked. But and she was on the team with them in the beginning, but maybe they forgot that part. Maybe Rachel just needs to quit whining. That's true. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing I really loved – so at this point in the show, they still have like the opening two or three minutes is just kind of general chit-chat in the coffee right. house. Like every single episode is how it starts and it's never – there's never any point. But um, they were talking about when uh, an animal goes to live on a farm – like when they're saying all the different things that you say in a relationship, like, oh, it's not you, it's me, but it's definitely you. Like everybody just knows this. And they're like, right. Well, when your parents say that your dog just goes to live on a farm and you know what really happened. And Ross is like, no, really, our dog Chi Chi actually did go to live on the farm. Remember that, Monica? Right. And that's funny because they do bring up Chi Chi again, like much later on when Monica gives that speech at their parents' anniversary dinner. And she tries to bring up the dead dog to evoke emotion, and it doesn't work. Um, and also, I feel like we have always had people try to tell us that urban legends actually happened to their friends. Oh, like my gosh. Honestly, if I hear another clown doll story, like, <laughs> no, it didn't. That was not your friend's sister. Everybody thinks it was their friend's sister or the girl that their friend went to high school with. Like, no, it's an urban legend, guys. It didn't happen. There were no clown dolls. There was no person outside the window There's, while you're washing no. dishes. They're actually behind no, you. There was no the, – the call didn't come from inside the house. Like that was the plot to – Like scream two or three. That's it. That's, that's where it came up. Yeah. That's where it came up. Yeah. That's it. Well, hold on. I actually think it's funny. Um, so even before the whole like, oh, but Chi-Chi, when they're talking about like – this, it isn't, doesn't happen in this episode, but it happens way, way later. But it's like – I, I thought it was going to happen in this one, but they are kind of having the same type of dialogue where they're like, oh, Rachel, like, let us explain to you, like, how horrible the dating scene is mm -hmm. and, like, how frustrating it is and this means that. And they're like, when they're like, oh, if a guy says he's going to call, like, he doesn't actually call and, you know, we'll find out later what happens. But I just think it's funny because, you know, they're all telling Rachel, like, the, the what for and, like, the, the subtext, I guess, and, like, the unspoken language of dating mm -hmm. and she has no idea because she went straight from high school to college like didn't doesn't sound like she dated very many people or maybe she did but like 
you know, she's always been pretty lucky in dating, it sounds like. And then she's been with Barry for however many years. And so she doesn't really get it. Yeah. Um, and it just made me think of like a friend here in New Zealand who writes, um, she has her own side business helping people out with their Tinder profiles and their Tinder bios. And she does like columns. She does a blog. She does interviews on TV and radio. And one of her things is always like, guys, like girls don't want to see your fishing pictures or your hunting pictures. And without fail, I always have friends that are like, I disagree. It's fine. I wouldn't mind that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Are you on Tinder? Well, no. Right. I'm like, right. So you're right, but you wouldn't mind it. But when it's like the hundredth fishing picture that you've seen where the guy looks the same and you can't see his face and he's wearing a hat and sunglasses and squinting and he's, you know what I mean? Like, it's, so it's just, I just, it reminded me of this where it's like people who aren't actually in the dating game, like trying to give advice when you're kind of like, you're well-intentioned, but you do not really know. Like this, this dating culture is moving so fast. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you've been with your, so you were never on Tinder, were you? Like you were with Matt before Tinder was a thing. Yeah. I got married and then I went on a trip to visit a couple girlfriends in New York City and all of them were single and they were all we were at a restaurant and they all pulled up their phones and are like let's see who we match with on Tinder. I'm like what is a Tinder? And they're like it's this was dating this, app. Was I on this trip? No. Okay. <laughs> it's like wait a minute. <laughs> nope. Was this the one that I Nope, you no, weren't okay. there. Um but they all pulled out their phones and they're like yeah, see if you swipe this way you want to like chat with him. If you swipe this way, you don't want to be matched with him. And I'm like, oh, this is like a game. So as a impartial third party who doesn't get to do Tinder, I was like, well, let's just see what happens. And so I just started like swiping and they were like, no, 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 no. I'm like, what? He's cute. Right. Swipe the way you want to go. I had a married friend do that to me too. She didn't realize. She was like, oh, I want to look at the next one. And she swiped left on somebody who was really cute. And I was like, Okay, well, never going to see yep. that person again in my life. Thanks, yep. thanks for that. But it was just you know, like a fun, um, it's like a fun iPhone game when you have it no is skin when in the it, game. Exactly, it's a fun iPhone game until it actually matters, and you're thinking this is this could affect the rest of my life, and it affects every minute. Not every minute. I'm being dramatic, but it it's so much maintenance. Tinder is so much maintenance. I found, and so anyway, the whole point is just that like. I've had friends that have been married well before online dating was a thing, or, you know, they're the type of girls that always have guys like pounding down their doors. And then when they try to give advice, it's just so unhelpful. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, that's what Rachel says in that later episode. She's like, they're, I think that she says something along the lines of, or someone says like, well, yeah, but they, then they don't call. And Rachel's like, but they just have always called. And Monica's like, screw you. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. So it's, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's funny. I mean, it's true. Like the dating, dating subculture, like there's always, it has its own language, its own codes, its own etiquette. And it, I feel like it's changing faster than ever. Yeah. So that's kind of like the main thing is like Alan and Monica. And at the end, he's so relieved because her friends were annoying. (laughs) Yeah. Which really was funny. funny. She does a good job, though. Yeah. She's sweet by protecting them and being like, oh, he loved you guys. Like, no, he didn't. Yeah. 
And then the other plot line that I love because I feel like it is so – they weave it through the whole show here and there. And I also feel like it gives you really good backstory is when Chandler is helping Joey recite lines for a role and he's trying to teach him how to look natural when he smokes. And then Chandler takes the drag of the cigarette and he lets it out the smoke and he's like, oh, my God, like in his quintessential way. And then you find yeah. out that he quit smoking three years ago. But I just think – I do not think smoking is funny at all. But I think the way Chandler smokes is funny. Why? What is it about him smoking that's funny? Just because – I don't know. Like Even the way he's like, don't think of it as a cigarette. Think of it as the thing that was missing from your hand. Like, right. I don't know. They do, but and I think it's like it gives you a little bit of backstory. Like he used to smoke, he quit, it was a big deal. And then he's like really grumpy trying to quit again. And he's like smoking behind the couch. Right, right. In the coffee house. Do you know what's funny? Is when I was watching this the other day, I was like, ugh, it's 2018. Who smokes still? And then I was like, oh, well, I guess it's like 1994 in this show. 1994. <laughs> still, you guys, don't just stop. It's so bad for you. And it's just so expensive. No. And nobody else likes it. Like, I don't want, none of us want your secondhand smoke in our faces look I don't have I don't like hate smokers I know I'm coming off that way but yeah I just think they I mean they do a good job of making it funny I think like in smoking behind the couch I think that's funny and then when they're all like talking and they're like we hate this habit of yours and he's like why you guys all have annoying habits he points them all out and then they all kind of turn against each other and when he walks away he like dances away with his cigarette all happy because he's gotten out of the scolding by turning them all against each other um, and also when he's in his office smoking and trying to blow the smoke like in the drawer, there's a Toronto Blue Jays hat in the back, which I noticed because Matthew Perry is Canadian or half Canadian. Oh, nice little and I think he must be a Jays fan in real life. Um, and the rest of his office decor is like comedy stuff, like a yeah. rubber chicken, which I've never understood why a rubber chicken is like a comedy prop. I don't know what kind of... What's funny about a rubber chicken? So Chandler's smoking. Don't love that, but that's fine. But then he instantly quits when Alan tells him to quit. Right, right. So Alan to the rescue. And there was like an ashtray sitting right there, which only led me to think, oh my gosh, they probably could have smoked in that coffee house. That probably would have been normal in 1994. Oh, that's the other thing is that in 1994, everybody was allowed to smoke inside. And you just had up like a half of a glass wall to divide you from the smoking section in a Which restaurant. obviously did nothing. No, it did nothing. Why do you need to smoke while you're eating? I I don't – I guess like maybe immediately after eating. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, don't I had really family members smoked and we never sat in the smoking section because they didn't understand why you would need to smoke while you ate. It doesn't make sense to me. You're eating. You've, you've already got – like your mouth is already busy. busy. Yeah. Save the yeah. smoking for the car ride home. I don't know. I know. But yeah, I'm sure you could have smoked in there if that was a real place in 1994 because I got my first restaurant job in 2001. Yeah. And they had just passed a law in the state of Florida that you couldn't smoke in a restaurant. Do you know what I find funny is how much emphasis they still place present day on not smoking on airplanes. And it's like (laughs) – I don't think any – like that. no one's been doing that since like the 60s or the 70s, right? Like surely people get it. I would say that like now that um, e-cigarettes 
have just recently come on the scene, yes. I could see that needing to be like, and they do say they now say like this that, includes yeah. They say it includes it, but it's like they could have stopped for like 20 years saying anything about smoking. And then when e-cigarettes came out and be like, this is still not allowed. But it's just like, I don't know. It's just a lot. Yeah. I have a friend who um, took his dad on a vacation and his dad hadn't flown anywhere. I want to say in like 20 years. Okay. And so he had never like booked a flight online, none of that stuff. Wow. And so he said the day before the trip, he called his his dad called him and he was like they didn't the airline didn't mail me the tickets. I don't have a ticket. And he was like, "Dad, they don't mail you tickets anymore. Like you check in online or if you want to, you check in at the airport." And I was like, was he really surprised to find out that you can no longer smoke on airplanes? Was that like a shock to him? <laughs> And he was like, yeah, probably. Like, he had never gone through, like, TSA. None of that. Oh, could you imagine living no. a blissful life without that no. nightmare? Oh, my gosh. That, that's a better world. Just be like, what? What is all this airport security? I don't know what that – like, ugh, that is blissful ignorance. I mean, I think it's just an airline thing. Whatever, like, somebody did once, they're just going to make a new rule forever and remind you forever. Like, somebody tried to sneak something <laughs> in on their shoes once – and was caught. And ever since, we have not been able to wear our shoes through security. I don't it's have so to annoying. take my shoes off in New Zealand. Well, yeah. Then you go to other countries and some of them care about shoes and some of them don't. I often fly domestic in New Zealand. And if you are flying to an airport that's close enough to where you are. So some of the airports that are bigger, you still have to go through security. But the one that I fly most often, I don't even have to go through security. Like... I can literally get dropped off at the front of the airport with like a bottle of water, a coffee, a cooler full of whatever, and walk through the gate onto my airplane. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. I love that. I love that that still exists. We should move on to the namesake (laughs) of the show, which is Phoebe's plotline, which is one with a thumb, but it starts off with Phoebe coming in and saying that her bank statement had 500 extra dollars and she didn't want to go down there and talk to them and all that. And Rachel's like, you should spend it. And she's, yeah, well, every time if I bought a pair of shoes, every time I wore them, you know what I would hear? Not mine, not mine, not mine. And it reminds me of that Dane Cook skit. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Cheater. Talking about when you cheat on someone and you come home and every floorboard creaks and it's like, liar. Cheater. Herpes, 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 herpes. (laughs) As he's like running away. That's all I could think when I was watching that. What happened to Dane Cook? I don't know. He did that. Where are you? Dane, Dane, where are you? Dane, where are you at? We loved your Comedy Central special in high school. Yeah, back in like 2004. He did that one movie about restaurants and I haven't seen him since. Wasn't there also a movie about employee of the month? Or was that the one about restaurants? I don't remember. It was just a movie about restaurants. He was like the fryer guy. I was trying to explain Dane Cook to my boyfriend the other day because I was like, oh, you remember? I was like, that reminds me of Dane Cook. And he was like, who? And I was like, oh, okay. Another thing that didn't make it mm-hmm. to New Zealand. So I don't know if Dane Cook wasn't big outside of the US in general. Like, was he big in the UK or was he just really like striking a chord with American audiences? I bet it was mostly American audiences. Probably. He had a, like, I feel like that his like brand of humor 
was I feel like it is very mm-hmm. American and it was just perfect for that time. But yeah, we ate it up. We yeah. loved Dane Cook. We were big fans. Um, but yeah, after she does that, she writes, I don't know if she writes to the bank or calls them or I don't know, faxes them probably. And they probably. give her five hundred more dollars and a football phone. And the football phone, like novelty phones in the nineties were such a big thing. Big thing. Which what kind did you have? I had well, I had two, but um one of them was just the clear one with all the colored cords yep. inside. Yep. The other yep. one was also clear, but it was blue clear plastic. Renee, I feel like I remember that phone from your house. I know you remember it. It was the one in my room. I was going to say, you must have had it long enough. It was the cordless one, wasn't it? I think I had it most of middle school and all of high school. I think, yeah, it was cordless. Yeah. Yeah, I totally the remember. The one had a cord, and I think I won it by yes. selling enough wrapping paper or something like that. <laughs> of course you did. Um, which, by the way, they're still making kids like push wrapping paper on their and like I know n- like cookie tins and like nutmeg. The only thing I'm really interested in, if your kids are selling world's finest chocolate, I will buy that. Those almond chocolate bars are delicious. Or and then like my my friend's kid. Was selling tubs of cookie dough, three pound tubs of cookie dough. I'm like, can I just give her twenty five dollars yeah. and you give the cookie dough to someone else? Because I'll eat the whole thing. Oh, I was thinking like pass it over. Um, going back to phones though, I also had that clear. I had the clear one with the curly cord. The other one I remember, and I don't know if you remember this one. We had a Lego phone. I do not remember a Lego phone. That would have stood out. I think it was in my parents' room and I I don't remember how long they had it, but it was like it was like a Lego base and you could and you like pick it up and hang it up. And like, yeah, you, there was like Legos that you could like build on this. I don't remember. I'll have to I'll put a picture of it on our website. Um yeah. yes, we had a Lego phone, which is like a Lego corded landline, peak nineties. Peak nineties. Yeah. We really were living our best when we said we were living our best lives, you guys, we're not kidding. We really were living our best lives. So Phoebe has all this money she doesn't want. Right. Which, you know, she's like, it's going to come back and haunt me later. Which I noticed when she was talking about at one point, she has like two necklaces on and one is yin yang and one is a peace sign, which also is ultimate 90s. Anything peace sign. I also have those. Yeah. I had a peace or a yin yang yin yang um anklet yes i think we had a yin yin yang best friends necklace i'm sure we did i also had a peace sign toe ring you had a peace sign t-shirt i remember clearly was it made out of daisies yes yeah i remember that yeah that was a good one i'll put a picture of that on social as well for you guys i actually have um have plans later tonight to go into the basement and find some old photos of us to show you guys. Oh. And lucky, luckily for you, about seven years ago, I spent several weekends organizing them all chronologically and by event or topic. She's, she's such a Monica, you guys. I am. There's no cross-reference with Monica had, but, you know, <laughs> can't be perfect. Um, but luckily, they're all organized, so I can find some good ones from middle school. The middle school ones are really the gold. Um, 
funny enough, in that episode, she cross-references dead and dog, and it's a picture of Chi-Chi. So <laughs> it's true. Chi-Chi. Oh, poor Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi back. I like so, that they were consistent with that. You know, like there's some yeah. little details that they don't hold up, like their birthdays. Their birthdays are all over the place throughout the or show. Or like, like Ross being afraid of spiders. That's one episode. Well, and Ross says he doesn't like ice cream because it's too cold, but he's eating ice cream in several episodes. That's right. And like Rachel not being able to touch her eye is what's one episode. There's Oh, you know what? There's another one where they say Monica's – we're going to sound crazy. Whatever. We've seen these a lot. Um, and we're observant. Monica says one of her pet peeves is animals dressed as humans. But right. in another episode, she doodles a ladybug wearing a top hat. Because it's fancy. And I was like, girl, is that your is that your pet peeve? Or do you secretly love it? So we'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. Um, I don't even remember how we got on this topic. Back to Phoebe. Back to Phoebe. Phoebe's got all this cash laying around because the bank keeps giving it to her. So she goes and gives it to her friend Lizzie, who I just figured out. Who, Did you figure it? I figured it out when I was watching it. Lizzie okay. is the crazy lady from Mindy Project. She is Beverly. Beverly, from that's Mindy her name. Project. So I, yeah, so I watched this and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, hang on, that character looks familiar. And then there's like, a, you know, the, the scenes cut around. They cut back to whatever everybody else is doing. And then they cut back to Phoebe. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's Beverly. And I don't know, you guys, if you watch the Mindy Project, um, it's it's done now, but it's hilarious. I really like Mindy Kaling. I really like her show. I think it's so funny. If you like New Girl or like that kind of stuff, like this show's so funny. Um, and it, it's it's really like part of the lovability of likability. I don't know of it is these like little side characters. Um, mm-hmm. Beverly's one of them. So she's this like, she, in Mindy project, she plays this like decrepit old nurse who's like secretly homeless and like really weird. And somehow she gets a job as like a nurse at this fancy high end Manhattan doctor's office. But what's funny is in this episode of friends, which is how many years before Mindy project was at least 20 years. Oh yeah. Solid about- 20 Yeah, about 20 years before Mindy Project ever first aired. And I'm sorry, Beth Grant. Actually, maybe this is a good thing. She looks the same. Like, yeah, I agree. She's she's Judy Denching it. Like, you've (laughs) not you've not aged in 20 years. What how come you look the same? It's funny. And I also like that she's playing like a weird homeless lady and in Mindy Project she's playing so do you know what Mindy Kaling did you do that on purpose let us know yeah Mindy if you would write in that would make our days weeks months years lives that'd be great days our weeks our month and even our years you'll be there for us anyway yeah Mindy let us know if like you did that on purpose because she's brilliant and I feel like maybe she did yeah we can't pull the wool over her eyes no no one can so yes, good, good, um, good eye, Renee. That's it. It's Beth Grant, Beverly from the Mindy Project. So yeah. she is crazy, Lizzie. She is Lizzie, and 
Phoebe gives Lizzie the money and the football phone, and Lizzie tries to give her her tinfoil hat. And Phoebe's like, no, because no, you need I that. Need <laughs> <laughs> Which I so thought was bad. so cute because I kind of feel like Phoebe doesn't want to take it, but also maybe partially believes that she does need it. Yeah. Oh, she's like – she believes that. She's like, no, no, yeah. you need that. It's cute. Um, and then she says, buy me a soda and we'll be even. And – she buys her soda and there is a thumb in there, which they don't show, thankfully. Thankfully. I always forget and I think they're going to show it and they don't and I'm really glad. But have you ever had anything like weird in your food or um, anything like that? I've had like pieces of metal and stuff before oh. and I've had like – oh, well, the worst one I ever had. I mean nothing like human phalanges but the worst thing I ever had was um, we went – my mom and I were in the mall – and we went to go – like we were shopping and we took a break to eat at the food court. And I ordered either a quesadilla or a burrito Ooh. from this Mexican place. And it was new. Like it had just recently opened. So I ordered like a pulled pork burrito. And when I started eating it, it had it, – it was like a straight up bone got stuck in the grinder Ew. because there was like little flecks of bone throughout the entire burrito. And so you'd think I'd take one bite and be like, so I did. I took one bite and I was like, oh, okay, there's bone. Took it out. Took another bite. Oh, still some bone. Ew. And I remember thinking like, I thought like maybe, okay, it's just this little section where I'm biting. But like I got about halfway through the burrito. I had like 10 pieces of like shards of bone that I had like pulled out of my mouth. And I was just like, I can't eat this. I can't remember if I took it back or not, but I don't remember. And I remember being like, I don't want your other food because this right. is disgusting. So I think that was the worst for me. And if there was worse, I have put it out of my mind. Yeah. What about you? I think I had a piece of glass in my food once, but it was on top. It was like on a salad or something. So I feel like it wasn't really in the food. It just must have fallen between being expoed in the back of the restaurant and like getting to the table. Yeah. Um, but I have a friend who went to a Chinese restaurant and there was like a literal snake head in her lo mein. <gasps> oh, oh my God. <laughs> and she's been a vegetarian ever since. <laughs> wow. Her and her friend went and got Chinese food. They, they were like sharing it. They saw the snake head and they've both been vegetarians and it's, I mean, they went to college like in the early 2000s. So yeah, they've been vegetarians for that's insane. almost 20 years now. Yeah. Well, how was it like a little snake head? Like I didn't how ask did a snake details. Head get in there. I don't know, but I mean, there's always rumors about Chinese food just being like whatever they find around. The other day, I walked by a Chinese restaurant at like 11 o'clock in the morning. So I was like, had just had breakfast. I was like just coming from a coffee shop. And I walked by, it's like this tiny little like hole in the wall, kind of like greasy looking one on my, near my street. And I just remember the smell of whatever they were cooking turned my stomach. And I was like, do you know what? Like between the fact that I've already been feeling guilty about eating meat too much and then like smelling that and just thinking like, that's the kind of like, I would have not thought twice about going in there and ordering a meat dish because mm -hmm. I love Chinese food and I love meat, but like the smell of it, the thought of everything right then and there. I still eat meat, but only on weekends. So I, I'm vegetarian and some fish during the week, but it's 
like I'll pay for the quality stuff mm-hmm. and on weekends I'll eat meat, but again, like quality stuff. Yeah. If I ever ate meat again, which I, I always thought I would, I thought this was just like a, just for now I'll be a vegetarian. But if I ever eat meat again, I don't think it will be often. And I think it will be like insanely expensive cuts of meat because right. the subpars, I mean, it just, first of all, honestly, it doesn't even appeal to me anymore. It's not even like, ew, that's gross. Like I just kind of look past it. Like you don't even, I don't even think about it. It doesn't even register. No, it doesn't even register. If I see something that says chicken on a menu, like I don't even look at it. It's almost like it says like Renee can't. Renee doesn't have the. Like, I don't Renee, know. you're not gonna like this. And you're like, okay, I'm next. Yeah, like I don't even think I'm not like oh, but every so often when I smell meat, it smells so good. It does. Walked by a restaurant, they were cooking bacon. Smelled amazing. Oh, well, bacon's like the best. But yeah, I've other than that, I've never really had anything weird in my food, like just like glass or whatever, like normal. I mean, not yeah. normal stuff. It's not really normal, but but normal um, thumb, a human no. thumb. But I mean, factories, like that could happen. It's not that unreasonable. Oh, there's a book. Oh, no. It's called The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. And I remember learning about this in high school from my AP US history teacher. So he told us about this book. And this book is about the immigrant plight in America and how they were preyed on. Um, by like opportunists looking to take their money and how they were so alone and how it was so difficult. You know, they came here with this dream of and promise of a of a better land where they could get rich and they had all these opportunities. And um, and when they came here, it was actually a very different reality. So the whole point of the story was supposed to be like immigrants' rights, kind mm-hmm. of like awareness for that. But um, the main guy worked in a meat processing factory where they made tinned meats, Mm -hmm. canned meat. So they would like take all of the leftover cuts, process them and make them into like, you know, those forms that basically are the shape of the can, I guess. Um, And in it, they're describing how he like goes into the room where they're processing it. And they basically just like, he said, it's like you walk in And it's like a room with like a mountain of like disgusting off cuts of meat. And they're like pouring vinegar all over it to just like um, realize it. But he said that there are cigarette butts in it because they they basically it's all the things that fell on the shop floor that they like. Yeah, like the blood goes into a drain and then they like push the meat into like with like a broom into the corner. And so there's like so disgusting. Yeah. And so there's like cigarette butts that get caught up in there. And then he said that he actually saw like a rat, there was like a rat or a couple rats in there. And um, people were so horrified by that part of the story that the FDA was created, the Food and Drug Administration. So there was like, okay, there needs to be regulation on like what's going into our food that you're feeding us because – that people were so horrified. So I don't know if anything actually happened for immigrants' rights, any reform, mm-hmm. but people were like, that's nasty. Yeah, <laughs> that is so disgusting. It's disgusting. That's like sausage on steroids. Oh, well, it's not even – yeah. Yeah. It's gross. So yeah, if you want to join us being a vegetarian or a flexitarian, as we're yes. going to call Ashley. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think choosing a couple meatless days out of the week, can't. it's not going to hurt you. It's really not. And it's, it's not going to hurt just, the environment. It's not going to hurt anybody. 
That's it. Even I've been told, you know, even if you take one day yeah. that you're vegetarian or, um, or maybe just shifting your focus and instead of making like a big chunk of meat, the main meal, like make half three quarters of your plate, like veggies and, you know, grains or whatever, and then just do a little bit of meat. Like we just need to shift our thinking, I think. And I bet it'll make a lot of difference also for your body. I, I think yeah. that it's probably good for you. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I still like eating meat. Yeah. I did a whole 30 in January and everybody's – as a vegetarian, I did a whole 30. And if you've done whole 30, you know that a lot of the focus is on having meat at every meal. And everyone was asking me if I was going to get enough protein, like really concerned for me. And I'm like, how do you know I get enough protein now? Like what is <laughs> enough protein you know, people like to ask these questions. People also like to ask how I get enough iron. And I would just like to say that every blood test I've ever had since I've been a vegetarian, my iron is off the charts because I eat a lot of dark leafy greens. Oh, my iron was last time they tested it. It was so low. It didn't even register. Well, welcome to being a vegetarian. <laughs> You're going to have great iron. Thank you. You need more kale. Um, why is Whole30 focused on eating meat at every meal? It's not focused on eating meat, just meat, but they want you to have protein and vegetables and healthy fats at every meal. Oh, so okay. the easiest way to get protein when you're not eating beans or protein powder or soy is through meat. Right. So I just ate like eggs and some fish, but most people eat, you know, meat. Right. right. So, so anyway, back to Phoebe's thumb can. <laughs> we digress. We digress. Yeah. But yeah. So the soda company ends up giving Phoebe $7,000 for her inconvenience. And I just think it's funny that anyone else would have just been like, awesome. I got $1,000 and then I got $7,000. And now she like keeps trying to get rid of it. Right. She's like inconvenienced by it and like so angry about yeah. it. Yeah. But then after Monica breaks up with Alan and Chandler finds out about it, he's like, that's it. I'm going back to smoking. It doesn't matter. And Phoebe's like, what if I give you $7,000 to quit? And he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It is. I like that because they, it seems like they didn't want to keep the Chandler smoking yeah. thread going like the whole time because the rest of the cast was so annoyed by it. Like yes. every – time he smoked they were like oh like make him staying outside and like not letting him hang out with them and yeah. you know just telling him how unhealthy it was so I'm, I'm yeah. glad that they were like okay you know we'll go heavy on it on this episode and then we'll give it a rest yeah I think that's why I think it's funny just because the way he's like protecting his smoking habit is kind of comical and everyone else really really hates it but right. I think Phoebe says I think her exact words are I'll give you seven thousand dollars if you never smoke again or something along those lines and he smokes later oh my gosh. Matthew Perry, you owe Lisa Kudrow seven thousand dollars. Yeah, and we are gonna we are going to make sure it happens. Yeah, but good call, Renee. You are he right. Tries she to blame say, it on smokes a lot, lady, and it wasn't her. You're totally right. He, he actually she smokes does twice. Say, he does. Uh -huh. He does. You're right. She she does say if you never smoke again, and he it comes back up, people. Mm -hmm. It comes back. Up. So Matthew Perry is a lying Canadian, mm -hmm. we've learned. And pretty much like Joey is like barely in this episode and Ross is barely in this episode. Like is Ross even there? Once again, no mention of his baby. 
Just saying. So yeah, Ross isn't really in this episode. And really the only part that Joey's in is at the very beginning when he's running lines with Chandler. And then when Monica brings everybody in at the end to tell him that she broke up with Alan. But what I think is funny is that he just got out of the shower and he's got like a robe on. Right. And she's like, I've got something important. He's like, well, would have been nicer to hear with my, it's if nice I would have my underwear on. Yeah. But he's always talking about going commando. This is like the only time he's like concerned with wearing underwear. That's true. He doesn't. I was always I was wondering because as Renee and I have said, we didn't watch this show when it was airing. We didn't watch it consistently when it was airing. So Joey talks about going commando in season like three or four. Did he coin the term or has that always been the term? I would guess it wasn't coined by Joey, but I could be wrong. We'll look it up. We'll look it up. Because I was wondering that because like everybody like roars with laughter and I'm kind of like, huh, like I don't really know when this word came around. And I wonder if I wonder if it was popularized by being put on this very popular show. So we'll do our research. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's it for the episode. Hey. That's it. That's a it's a good one. But do you know what? I've got to say, I'm glad we're past these first three because I think yes. even number four, they start to get better. So yes, it agreed. only goes uphill from here, you guys. So that's it for this episode of Best Friends Club Podcast. This is the one with a thumb. Join us next time where we talk about the one with George Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos. It's a good one. So yeah, see you then. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.